now presenting John Gabriel, the undisputed king of stuff. What is up, podcasts? This is your favorite podcast host, John Gabriel, on your favorite podcast, The King of Stuff. Well, you've all heard about the Great Reset. Uh, Basically, the message is, welcome to 2030. You own nothing, you have no privacy, and life has never been better. That is the claim made by Klaus Schwab, who looks like a Bond villain, and uh, the organization he runs, the World Economic Forum, uh, talking about their plan that they've been very public about, making slick videos on it, saying how great it's going to be, releasing books on the Great Reset. Well, Mark Morano, you might know him as publisher of ClimateDepot.com, but he just wrote a book about it, released today, and it's called The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. There's a link to the book in the show notes, so as soon as you finish listening to this interview and my brilliant commentary on the other side of it, go buy this book. Uh, Once again, show notes have all the details, and I'll catch you on the other side. Great to have Mark Morano on. And uh, why don't you tell us about your new book, just released today, I believe. It's called The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. Well, thank you for having me here. Uh, yeah, my new book is literally explains everything we've all experienced firsthand since March of 2020 when the COVID lockdowns began. And essentially, this is... This I trace the roots to the Great Reset in America anyway, at least back to Woodrow Wilson's presidency in the 19-teens. This was the era of the belief of a technocracy, if you will, or an expertocracy where credentialed experts should rule every aspect of our lives because this is, we were uneducated masses and we needed this help. So essentially... Uh, This idea went through Franklin Delano Roosevelt. In fact, he had a kitchen cabinet member named Stuart Chase, who actually said, why should the Soviets have all the fun? He was all talking about a central planning utopia. Well, you can update that to say, why should the Chinese have all the fun? Because that's what happened. But essentially, the World Economic Forum based in Davos, when COVID hit, they were ready to move in. And within a month of the COVID lockdowns, the president, Klaus Schwab, announced that we had a very rare and narrow window of opportunity into reset into which we should reset the world, reset global capitalism, this time in the name of climate change. Uh, and they've since combined COVID and climate change together. But essentially, the World Economic Forum, and they did a slickly produced video they've had on file for years. You will own nothing. You'll be happy. Everything you want will be delivered by drone. The U.S. will no longer be a superpower. Meat will be a rare and expensive treat. And um, the U.S. will no longer be a superpower. You can print fake meat up to you know a certain number of ounces a minute on a 3D printer that you put in some fake juice. Yum. And they're very clear about this. They push insect eating and everything else. And the goal here is to stop us from hurting ourselves. We have to. They have to control every aspect of our life to stop us from spreading viruses. And they have to control every aspect in order to save the planet. And since that time, March 2020. Everything that's happened, we're still living under a COVID emergency in the Biden administration. Biden wants to add to that a climate declaration of emergency, according to the Associated Press. But literally every aspect of our life is being regulated. They've created energy shortages, food shortages, and now they're going to create car shortages. California, 12 other states banning gas-powered cars, Germany following suit, the World Bank going to stop funding them, Australian banks stop giving financing. They want to create car shortages to add to their list of accomplishments. 
Yeah. And what's crazy about this too, is if I mentioned the great reset or somebody mentions it online, the normal detractors um, from even, well, nominal Republicans will be, yeah. oh, you and your conspiracy theories. I'm like, no, they literally put out a video and they're promoting yeah. the great reset. This is not some uh, uh, something concocted in the fever swamps here. They're boasting, they're crowing about it. They think this is great. And uh, are apparently shocked that all of us aren't interested in eating mealworms and uh, walking <laughs> exactly. everywhere we go. I don't know. Maybe rickshaw sales will pick up or something like that. We don't want this. No, we don't. But they don't care. And what I mean by that is even like California banning gas powered cars. That was done through an executive order by Gavin Newsom, picked up by the California Air Resources Board or CARB that just issues a regulation. It's like bureaucrats, mid-level bureaucrats ruling your life. They never got to vote on it. There was no referendum. There was no hearings. There was no public uh, discussion of this. It just happened. This is this is what's good for society. You will go along. And I liken this kind of a policy it's not designed to save the climate or anything like that, because if you listen, Harvard scientist uh, and Professor Schrag has admitted, John Kerry has admitted, even if we zero out our emissions, the earth won't notice, even regardless of what you believe about climate change. John Kerry was very eloquent, unusual for him, but he actually said <laughs> Europe, the Canada, Australia, the West could go to zero tomorrow, no emissions. And the world wouldn't notice because Asia, South America, the developing world, Africa are ramping them up so much. So this is just Western suicide for virtue signaling. But here's the thing. Gavin Newsom knows electric cars due to the fact that we need the rare earth mining from Africa, from China, from South America, computer chips, all the refinements that have to go, all the ramping up of production, even in California, only 15% of sales are electric. Somehow they're going to just take over. He knows that's not happening. This is about vehicle rationing. It's about, like Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake. Everyone, Kevin Newsom saying, let them take the city bus. And that is a good thing. That brings a smile to the activist face. It's not a unintended consequence. It's the console. It's the intended consequence. They want to force people into mass transit and you better wear your mask and follow the dictates of public health or you'll be taken away. Your, your ride will be taken away. They're doing that. And it's a page out of Cuba. When that Cuba, people can't get new cars. So what do they do? They're driving around 1950s vehicles in Cuba. It's also a page from East Germany. Uh, we're looking, people are going to be on waiting lists for electric cars if gas-powered cars are banned. Well, what happened to East Germany? People were on five, seven-year waiting lists for the crappy East German Trabant car, which was the only car the government deemed worthy that you were allowed to buy, just like Gavin Newsom's deeming it's you can only are only allowed to buy a fully electric car, not even a hybrid. Yeah. And it's amazing. I was just in California about a month ago. Now I was there for about a week and a half and it's just sad. I was talking to locals there. It's um, I think I told them I miss um, every time I visit California, I miss California because yeah, it yeah, used totally to be bad. this, like it says the golden state. I was a kid. I live in Arizona. We'd go to Disneyland. We'd go to the beach, whatever. And it was this amazing, free, liberated place. Kind of weird because anything yeah. went. Now it is just locked down. There's warning labels everywhere. I had warning labels tacked all over my hotel room. It was just like, where am I? This is crazy. And I, I think you really cut to the meat of the matter by bringing in Woodrow Wilson, because this is the whole, when people talk about the deep state and thing, it's basically the administrative state that yeah. Wilson planned, FDR expanded, and now is just a part of life. 
where these unelected bureaucrats, uh, we have no say over them. They do what they want. Um, when Trump was in office, they just ignored him, um, slow walked everything until he was out of office or actively attacked him 24 <laughs> seven. And, uh, they're the ones running our lives, which is just the World Economic Forum types. They love that. Yeah, and it comes both. The key is this is not necessarily a left-wing plot, a right-wing plot. This is part progressivism, part central planning, part the administrative state, but it's also part military-industrial complex biosecurity state. Mm -hmm. So we have the COVID emergency decree, sadly signed by President Trump, his, the, the biggest mistake of his presidency by far signing that and being duped even initially or going along with Anthony Fauci at all. But also you have George W. Bush and the 9-11 uh, emergency declaration on terrorism. That led to the Patriot Act and our whole surveillance state. So each thing builds upon the other. But what I don't even think that the World Economic Forum or the or the, the great resetters themselves realized was how rapid and fast COVID was going to descend us into this giant psychop of COVID theater and dystopian vision. And they were so excited by it. I mean, John Kerry was like, if we could do this for climate, we could, COVID, we could do it for climate. These are one and the same thing. Greta Thunberg said it. Teen Vogue was like, we can now shut down the world for climate. This is stuff we should have done years ago. They were ecstatic. This is what they've called for at UN climate summits, planned recessions to fight global warming. In fact, in November of 2019, before the virus, but it was just spreading, the United Nations issued something saying we need to cut emissions 7.6% to meet our UN Paris climate commitment. Six months later, the world locks down. By the end of 2020, guess what? The UN announces that the world has cut their emissions 7%. It was almost to the exact number that they called for it. And then a study comes out, covered it in the UK Guardian and others, that we need to lock down the world every two years in order to meet our climate goals. They love the idea of lockdowns. Jane Fonda actually said COVID was God's gift to the left because it gave them Chinese one-party authoritarian rule overnight. The once-free West became like China with no legislators, no congressmen, no, no uh, board of supervisors, no town halls. Whatever a bureaucrat wanted, an un a politician could just impose unelected dictates on the public, whether it was stay at home, canceling churches, closing gyms, uh, canceling funerals, weddings. If you rat on your neighbor, if they're having a backyard barbecue, you can have your utilities cut out. You, know, you can make your neighbor have their utilities cut out if you rat them out. This is the dystopian world they created. And if you look back, you could see it coming. You had Justin Trudeau saying he had great admiration for China's one-party rule. You had the UN climate chief praising China's one-party rule, saying that they can get things done and they don't have the messiness of democracy. You had New York Times columnist, Obama administration. So they finally got it. The once free West became like China, not only with a social credit system, with the vax mandates, and uh, but but with actual, you know, no ne democracy need not apply anymore. And that's what we can, and that's what the Great Reset is. They want to keep this party going. They're trying, they want to try a pandemic treaty now through the World Health Organization. I've read extensively about this, where the Gates, Bill Gates funded scientists can declare a pandemic. And if our country, the United States is signed on, we're instant lockdown with possible bans on interstate travel, vax mandates, masks, all coming from 
you know, unelected scientists telling us how to do it. The Biden administration pushed hard to get us to sign and commit us to this treaty. But luckily, the developing world nations citing sovereignty issues killed this treaty for this year. But remember, they never give up. Great Reset has been around the concept for decades, but they finally got it uh, into fruition in the last two years. Yeah. And um, what's interesting, too, is seeing around the world and it will uh, pop through uh, despite censorship on uh, social media sometimes. But you had a month or so ago, Sri Lanka just erupting in chaos and violence and overthrowing the government because they were following a similar system, uh, kind of this ESG system nationwide. And then you saw Dutch farmers fighting back. So um, it's interesting to see people pushing back against this and how the WEF types think that they're just going to push this and everybody's going to agree. I think we saw a great test run of it with the Canadian truckers protest and canceling bank accounts and arresting Uh, people for peacefully protesting. Um, Boy, world leaders were um, people around the globe were taking notes, trying to say, "Okay, what lessons can we learn when we do that in our country?" Yeah, but they, they, you know, they're not. I still don't think they're that worried. I mean, Dustin Trudeau is doubling down. I mean, they're 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 going they're they're going for full crushing of dissent. And we live, first of all, in an age of superstition. I mean, this is we're no better than the medieval medieval ages. We have you mentioned the Dutch farmers in Netherlands. They're adhering court ordered because the country signed on to all these net zero agenda. They have to get rid of high yield agriculture, nitrogen fertilizer, because nitrous oxide is this great, dangerous greenhouse gas that's overheating the planet. And they believe this. So they're starting. Who's getting affected by this? Small family run farms, almost 12,000 of them. Generations have owned it. What's going to happen when they go bankrupt? Big conglomerates come in. Billionaires like Bill Gates. Who knows? The Chinese might come in. They're going to go along with this net zero agenda. That's the number one meat exporter in Europe. Gee, I wonder why it's really happening there the hardest, because they want to end meat eating. They want meat to be a rare and expensive treat. The UN climate chief actually said uh, they want it to be the same as uh, smokers in restaurants, delegated to their own section if you eat meat. They want to make it hard to get. And the the goal is if you're going after the number one meat exporter in Europe and you're shutting it down and you're replacing these, it's always the independent. And this is what happened during the COVID lockdown. Small, medium-sized restaurants crushed corporate chains and big business. They were doing fine because they could absorb it. And then they're bought out by equity asset firms and they're crushed. And all the people that buy it out, the big corporate mega giants, they go along with the woke COVID climate net zero agenda. So that's what's happening in the Netherlands. That's exporting now to Canada. They're going after the fertilizer. It's happening in Australia, where they're saying it's going to decimate farmers. Happened in Sri Lanka, happening in Albania, Poland. It's coming to the United States. Bill Gates, the largest single farmland owner. But don't worry, it's not. he's not the only one because China is also competing with him. So you have Bill Gates and China competing. Who do you want to win that battle? I haven't decided. I think maybe China. Maybe surprise you. I don't know. Right. <laughs> you think maybe. I'd root for an American, but I don't think I want Bill Gates to win that battle. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And um, these people's explanations are crazy. What, what's weird, too, is seeing our so-called elites, how short-sighted and dumb they are. Like Bill Gates was actually admitting a little bit, wow, we kind of messed this up. Um, here and here and here, it's how do you think um, a tiny cabal of very insulated individuals can make decisions for the rest of the people? All it will do is tear society apart. They don't, again, they don't care about that. Anyone who dissents 
and you're seeing it even uh, in, in Canada and other places, is they, they want to just crush that dissent. And there's a whole new trend now where you have Charlie Crist running for governor in Florida. I don't want your vote. If you're one of those deplorables, evil, racist, I don't want your vote. And that's sort of how, the way Disney's treated its customers. If you don't like the transit, we don't want you to want, we don't want your business. Hollywood has the same attitude. Sports have the same attitude. We're going to push all this crap. And if you don't watch it, we don't care. They want to marginalize anyone who doesn't care. We want to be, and this is in the book, tyrannies of old needed barbed wire fences, secret police, military forces. But now the new ones can deperson you, unperson you. They can take away your email, your text, you mentioned your digital banking. They can take away your voice. They can cancel you, deplatform you, make you irrelevant. And so they're counting on that even these voices of dissent are going to break when they have no means to live, no means to uh, uh, for a voice, no means to have any influence. This is how the Great Reset goes forward. It's a, in support. That's why big tech tyranny. I devote a whole chapter to that. And here's the thing. Ronald Reagan in 1981 warned us that big government was the problem. We were all worried about that. I quote biotech engineer Vivek Ramaswamy, who, who talks extensively about ESG and the evils of that. But he says we were at we on, we were guarding the castle against big government all those decades, and we from the front, and we didn't realize that fascism came through the back door. And it wasn't just big government that was the greatest threat; it was big government colluding with big corporations to create this big you know corporate fascism we see now. And what's weird, it's not the government necessarily telling corporations what to do; it's now becoming corporations essentially running the government and crushing any dissent. So 40 years ago, liberal progressives would rail against big business and the evils and how bad it was. Now they're silent. Why? Because every corporate board in the world cowers at the progressive, woke, trans, critical race theory, climate agenda, and anyone who dissents is immediately removed in corporate America. You see it in academia, removed. We saw it in the climate debate, scientists who dissented, removed. You saw it with COVID. Nobel Prize winning epidemiologists from Stanford uninvited to conferences because of their political views on lockdown. They were cut out of the scientific process. This is the new tyranny. Yeah, it, it really is. Now, has, since you have researched it and your book goes into detail, letting everybody know um, how this developed, um, what are some strategies that um, we, the people, can yeah. do moving forward to deal with it and to counter it? I always say it's time to gouge our eyes out and give up. Okay, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I devote a whole chapter to the great reject. And the philosophy is, and I explain this in the chapter, is think of Eastern Europe where, uh, you know, the Berlin Wall fell in 1989, not because the East German parliament decided, oh, 40 years of Soviet domination and tyranny is enough. Let's let the people be free. We'll tear down the wall, like Reagan said. It's time. It came, the Berlin Wall came down in 1989 because the people no longer gave their consent to live under tyranny. It was a spontaneous moment built up and they just ended it. And the collapse of Eastern Europe, Soviet Union all followed. So if we look at this now, the way to fight this is at the localist level with the smallest of dissent and everything. And I, and I detail how school boards, parental protests at your local school boards across the country were the shot heard around the world. And this is where the dissent and the great reject 
uh, and the, 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 the rejection of this great reset really took hold to the point where like in Virginia, we turned a, a, a blue state into a red state because the governor was elected and shocked the media. New Jersey, almost the same thing. The Democrats then did focus groups. And this is in, in, in winter of this year, 2022. And they found that even their own base wanted to return to normal. So immediately, because of these parent protests, which led to electoral shocks, the Democratic Party in, in San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Boston, Washington, they said the science has changed and they dropped the vax mandates and mask mandates almost overnight when this happened. And they did it not because the science changed, but because the political science changed. And it was all led by the rebellion that began at the school board. So people need to reject social distancing, mask mandates, uh, vax mandates, and fight at every level the COVID theater and the coming climate theater. But Joe Biden is set to declare in November after the midterms, according to the Associated Press, a national climate emergency. This will give him 130 new executive powers and give governors, mayors the same powers, banning uh, cars and cities, shutting gas stations, thermostat controls like we're already seeing in Europe. You can't put your air conditioner below 80 degrees. We have in Europe now, again, a, it's superstition leading to more primitivism. We have Europeans going, dialing back the calendar 200 years, and they're now fearing a cold winter. This never happened in the industrialized West for centuries. Uh, this is insane. We're fearing it because they've shut down their own energy because they're trying to save the climate. It's bonkers superstition, but this is where we are. And these are the, 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 the threads and the narratives that the Great Reset is exploiting and, and taking over. And, and the Great Reset is happening. They're, they're, they're um, educating young leaders. Justin Trudeau, the head of the Netherlands, we were talking about, uh, was a was a apostle of the, uh, went through the World Economic Forum training. As in the words of Klaus Schwab, we penetrate the cabinets all over the world. And that's what they're doing. So you, you have these Manchurian candidates being elected and you think, oh, these are, they're a good candidate. And then you find out they're not. And I've revised my political views. I used to like Dick Cheney. I think he's one of the most loathsome political figures. Can't believe I ever liked the guy. Looking back at all the wars and the biosecurity and the Patriot Act and the surveillance state he created, George W. Bush, the same thing. So you can go back now and revise. Even things like Occupy Wall Street had a lot of nuts in it, but their basic message, it was a warning to essentially across the bow, don't let Big corporations, bankers, and these international organizations take over because you'll lose sovereignty and autonomy. I've revised my opinion on a lot of even what I considered wacko left-wing stuff at that time. So, And I devote a whole chapter to the whole convergence of the new politics. It's no longer left-right. It's freedom versus tyranny. I welcome in Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Jimmy Dore, Russell Brand, um, Bill Maher and a whole host of uh, people who would always identify with the left now in this battle against the Great Reset. Yeah, definitely. And there's ways you can um, oppose this, too. You can write articles, make YouTube videos yeah. that will be deleted. You can be loud, but you can also just do these things quietly. There's that famous Solzhenitsyn quote, live not by lies. It's yes. just like, just go about your business and don't lie anymore. And that was... Um, that really helped um, remove any kind of a moral authority that his government had. But a good example is right after the um, COVID broke, March 2020, 
Everybody was locking everything down. Arizona, thankfully, wasn't too terrible about it. But churches voluntarily shut down. Ours shut down for maybe a month. Other state closed. We reopened. And I remember being in a group, and my priest said, um, by the way, we're not going to close down again. We'll just we'll be meeting all our normal times. And someone said, but what if the government says, and he goes, we're going we're not going to close anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it, it was just kind of the subtle, it doesn't really matter who tells us we need to shut down. He was kind of like ashamed that he had shut down for a month. Yes, and he, that's how okay, a lot of churches. We're not come. doing it anymore. And we'll see what, what happens if anything then, but we're just going to go about our business and do our thing, you know? So it, it's, uh, there are lots of little protests you can make by just simply living as a free human being uh, which is the one thing they want to take away from you. And that's ex exactly what they want to take away from you. I mean, I quote Milton Friedman, the economist, who says, mm -hmm. throughout history and most of mankind, people have lived in misery and under tyranny, except for the few fleeting moments. And we've been in a fleeting moment, the experiment called America, the, the, the Western democracy, industrial revolution. But they literally openly talk about how we need a radical transformation away from all of that. And you have advisors of the World Economic Forum, like a man named Havari, who talks about like useless eaters. They talk about openly the, the fourth, and Klaus Schwab talks about this, the fourth industrial trans, trans, fourth industrial revolution, which is a fusion of humans and machines. And in my book, I have where he's at a Davos forum asking the head of Google, Sergio Brin, would you think in a few years when people are, have a brain implant and we can read everything that they think and react to what we're saying, do you think that that's a very plausible thing? Do you think that's going to happen? And Sergio Brin of Google's like, yeah, I think that's going to happen. I think that's fine. They're completely in on it. And then you have Pfizer's head go to the Davos this year and talk about a, a new pill, pharmaceutical pill, that's going to have a tracking device. So they'll know when you swallow it, that'll increase, quote, compliance for taking your medicine. And the same economic advisor openly talks about the, the useless eaters. He says, he, he explains that people are not going to have in this new automation that they're envisioning, not going to have anything to do. It's not going to be like any other jobs. It's not going to be like they'll move to a new industry. So they want to give us psychotropic drugs to essentially dull our senses. And they want to give us video games. That's the World Economic Advisors openly saying we got to give all these people video games to occupy their time and drugs to keep them basically docile and uh, permit and accepting of this new world. When they say you'll own nothing and you'd be happy, it doesn't mean no one's going to own anything. They're going to own stuff. So I go back in the book, the Roman Empire. I go through uh, the Middle Ages, feudal serfdom, the abuse of power in the 1930s. Government emergency decrees have been the greatest uh, abuse of power in the history of governments. That's when all the abuse of power occurs. And it doesn't matter whether it's monarchies, uh, whether it's democracies, dictatorships. Uh, this is what we have to fear. And we're living under the COVID emergency. They want to add the climate emergency and they want to add now this fourth industrial revolution again. People always say, well, I won't let that happen. Well, when you have banks that aren't going to let you give you a mortgage unless you have certain number of solar panels on your house or their bank won't give you a, more, a loan for a, a non-electric car, you know, you're going to find out quickly what choices you have. They're going, to they're going to control all the levers of power. And, and their goal here is to make it so that any election we vote for, president, governor, mayor, town council, 
those politicians aren't going to have any power. You can't really vote for change. They want a permanent administrative state that's going to have the real power. We're seeing it now, like in terms of the tennis player, who I don't want to say his name wrong. Uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, I know you're talking about. But anyway, uh, he can't come. And the Biden administration's asked, why can't he come? Because he doesn't have a vaccine. And they're like, well, that's according to CDC guidelines. In other words, the deep state administrative state is telling the executive but Joe Biden, if he wanted that player could come, he's the president of the United States. Theoretically, he could fight that. But no, this is the way they want it. So they elect puppets at any level. Well, I wish I could do something about that. But, you know, we're under an emergency decree for climate or for COVID or we have the national security. decree. I have no power. You know, that's not my decision. But I'm with you on that. That's the future they want us to have uh, you know, toothless politicians who have no power and they're damn effective getting us there. And they're, we're almost there. I mean, it took... That's why in the book, I also say the most important politician in the last two years. Can you name a name who the most important revolutionary politician was, who was probably the most significant, impactful one? Uh, I'm not, not Donald sure. Trump. Uh, yeah, it's I Ron don't know. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Oh, yeah. His Not only did he stand up and most strongly, he made Texas governor look pathetic, and he was. Christy Nome was pretty good, but not as good as DeSantis. But essentially what DeSantis did he gave cover for all the other weak Republican governors, and he stood up to public health. He stood up to the media, and he brought in epidemiologists. He brought, he got banned. He got ridiculed. He fought back in press conferences, point by point rebuttals with scientific citations. I even include in the book Bill Maher praising Governor DeSantis for his intellectual approach and pushback because you can't just make an announcement and then let it all go. He fought tooth and nail, and this created a sea change, at least in, in Republican red states, because governor said, hey, look at that. We can do that. And look, all those people, they were calling them death Santas and they were calling you know, the Florida the death state. That was the most important thing to do. Uh, and I think he's one of the most pivotal figures in, in this whole COVID battle and, sh and showing how at a political level, a politician level, you can fight back against the Great Reset. Yeah. And if you look at the explosive growth, it's uh, going on in Florida. It kind of feels like the new California in so does, many ways. Yeah. People are just flooding there. I, I just don't like the fact that it's hot and humid. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Westerner. I like zero humidity. And I lived yeah. in Florida about a year when I was back in the Navy days. And uh, yeah, that was a sweaty place. However, wonderful governance there. Um the book, The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown uh, by Mark Morano. Where else can people find you online? I know there's Climate Depot. Uh, you, and yeah, Climate Depot. And I believe the book's also available places like Barnes & Noble. The book's already leading number one in several categories. Oh, great. Uh, this book is your blueprint. I tried to write this in a fun, entertaining way. It opens with a quote from Rod Serling, The Twilight Zone. I include George Carlin in here. Uh -huh. I have it all easily laid out. There's little breakout boxes. This is not a heavy academic reading. This is a uh, almost like a, a, a resource guidebook, a coffee table book you can go through and you can read about the lockdowns. You can read about uh, COVID, the wealth transfer. You can read about the, the liberals who've converted over. You can read about... Uh, uh, the the origins of the Great Reset. And so I tried to make this very um, entertaining, uh, the book. So thank you very much for this. Oh, you bet. Thanks so much for being on. And we'll include links in the show notes to all of it. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Once again, check out that book. Now to cover a few other news items. Uh, one thing that broke today, 
I'm recording this on August 30, Tuesday. Mikhail Gorbachev has kicked the bucket and is gone, um, I don't know, hopefully to the good place. But uh, the media is uh, issuing payons to him, how brilliant he was and how he and he alone ended the Cold War. Um, headlines like this are popping up all over. Just go to Google News, type in Gorby, and uh, yeah, all these people are crediting him with, um, I don't know, stepping away from the Cold War um, instead of Ronald Reagan, who deserves the credit, and uh, I guess George H.W. Bush for not uh, messing up or changing the strategy that Reagan developed to take down the Soviet Union. Uh, they did this at the time. As you know, I'm a very old man. I'm 97 years old. And yes, so I remember this well. And the media did not want to credit Reagan or Bush or any perfidious Republican or hawk or conservative um, and having anything to do with the collapse of the Soviet empire. They all said Gorbachev did it. He's a great guy. Well, um, he uh, remained utterly despised in his own country. Uh, the nineties were a very rough period for Russia, kind of run amok capitalism, um, more like cronyism than capitalism with a lot of Americans seizing properties and flooding cash channeling it to the people who we now call oligarchs. So it was kind of a mess in the 90s. Then Putin tried to uh, get at least his version of law and order in in place. But uh, yeah, Gorbachev has uh, passed away and has gone to the big gulag in the sky. Um, I still wish well for his family and everything like that. Uh, hopefully he made uh, repented of his Soviet commie past. That would be a, a wonderful development um, other news, you might remember the story. This happened years ago, uh, 2016, um, in the small town where Oberlin College is. There was a bakery just out, just off campus, and there was a shoplifting case there. And the owners tried to stop the person who did the shoplifting, and the entire university jumped in and called him racist because the perp was African-American. So they said, he's racist. He oppresses black people. There was no shoplifting going on. And uh, they just basically condemned this guy and desiring to shut down his business completely because it was the woke play to make, even though this guy actually shoplifted something with this bakery. Well, uh, good for them. Gibson's Bakery filed um, a defamation case against Oberlin. And a few years ago, 2019, they won a huge award um, to deal with this effort. It was initially a 44 million. The courts later reduced it to 25 million. Well, Oberlin has never accepted this. They keep appealing and appealing and appealing. Finally, the Ohio Supreme Court said, enough, pay the bill. And by the way, instead of 25 million, now you got to pay 31 million because court costs are included. And uh, you keep bringing this back to court. So um, sorry about that, Oberlin, and good for you, uh, Gibsons, for not knuckling under to the pressure and not closing your doors, which is what a lot of it's a very, very progressive campus there at Oberlin. Um, anytime there's some kooky woke thing, often it started at Oberlin first and then spread from there. So good for Gibson's Bakery. It also broke today that the Washington Post is losing money. It's like a sieve over there. They're not doing well. Wall Street Journal, New York Times, they're doing fine. Washington Post has been a mess for a while. And they're thinking of laying off up to 100 people. 
There's a lot of reasons why they're saying they aren't hitting their subscription numbers. Uh, one thing that their boss is trying to uh, focus on is getting people actually to show up to their jobs. After COVID, of course, a lot of people were working from home. Apparently, most people at WAPO are still working from home and refuse to come in and uh, throw a fit and say they're going to die of COVID if he forces them to actually show up at work. Um, so he's actually been tra tracking people who actually shows up to work and who doesn't, um, probably so he can figure out who to fire. But I think there's bigger problems than people not showing up to work. WAPO, you don't have Trump anymore. You don't have the easy outrage hits for um, brilliant intellectuals such as Jen Rubin and Max Boot can complain about Trump and can rewrite the same article they wrote three times a week for, what, five, six years running? I used to be a Republican, but now I'm not, and I don't care for this Donald Trump fellow. Um, I, I've seen Max Boot branching off into, I used to be a Republican and I don't care for this Ron DeSantis fellow. He's trying to broaden his appeal. Um, obviously, Washington Post, if you want to boost readership, especially among the young female demo, um, more Max Boot. Um, he's got that jaunty chapeau that he likes to wear, um, rough and rugged uh, hat wear that he has. Um, gals love that. I'm not sure, but I, I would assume they just are demanding more Max Boot in their feeds um, or maybe hire an actual conservative. So there's a different perspective. I don't know. Just a thought. But best wishes, WAPO. Also, New York City keeps complaining their mayor about this perfidious Governor Abbott shipping immigrants, illegal immigrants up to New York City. Well, uh, someone else is joining him in that. The Biden administration. The Biden administration has sent three or four busloads of uh, illegal immigrants up to New York City itself. And uh, Eric Adams is not complaining about that. That's fine for Biden to do. He's not going to complain about that. But apparently when Greg Abbott does it, it's a uh, racist. I don't know what isn't racist these days, you know? So I hope he's dealing well with this. I know here in Arizona, there was a few gaps in the border wall and uh, our governor, Doug Ducey, just got a bunch of shipping containers, those huge metal boxes and blocked off the big gaps in the border. So hopefully that'll help a little bit. States are border states are kind of on their own because obviously the administration is not going to do anything about it. Also, you may have seen the video yesterday. Baghdad is uh, in collapse again. Nobody even knows what's going on. There was a lot. There was a very large firefight right outside the U.S. Embassy, um, kind of right next door to the green zone. So they were evacuated. The U.S. government was evacuating um, American workers, embassy workers from the green zone in helicopters, very reminiscent of Kabul. Uh, they don't even know what's going on. So they're like, is it just a conflict between rival Iraqi factions? Is Iranian terror groups, are they doing it as a combo? It's probably a combo. There's like 8,000 different groups fighting for power in Iraq right now. And uh, it's getting very touchy there. I'm sure that Biden won't uh, blast Iran over this because he's still trying to get a ridiculous nuclear deal with them and uh, is trying to give them give away the farm and the kitchen sink and any other appliance that he could figure out. Lastly, Joe Biden, uh, set on your calendars, Joe Biden is going to give a national address tomorrow from Independence Hall about the threats 
to democracy, why we need to protect democracy, which means voting for whoever he tells you to vote for, because if voters show up in record numbers and vote against Joe Biden, all of a sudden that's, that's not democracy anymore. That's semi-fascism, which is what he's calling Republicans now. Um, he used to just call us fascists. Now we're semi-fascists. And uh, I think, uh, what was it, ultra-mega before? Now it's moved to extreme-mega. Extreme-mega semi-fascist. I think that's what all Republicans are. Um, I know his uh, poor beleaguered uh, press sec, Jean-Pierre, um, she was asked, um, why, why is he calling people that? And uh, to which she said, mega Republicans are the very definition of fascism. Then the reporter said, well, what's the definition of fascism? And she didn't know what it was, which, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I don't know. Everybody's racist, transphobic, fascist. Why? Well, I think the tax rate should be 0.5% lower. Oh, OK. You're a fascist. So um, same old, same old from them. I'm sure uh, Biden is going to condemn in a speech, condemn evil, evil Republicans and say, why can't we all come together to uh, punish half the country who voted for a Republican last time around? Um, I'm sure it'll be a stirring, thrilling speech. Uh, the media will praise it. Little spoiler alert there. The media will say it's brilliant. He's got his mojo back. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. And no, he isn't 312 years old and he speaks perfectly. Other than that childhood stutter that just appeared, what, three years ago, maybe just popped up late onset stutterage. So look forward to that. Look forward to that inspiring speech uh, given by our fine president, the 312 year old Joe Biden. Time for the song of the week. Uh, well, I want to continue on the Great Reset theme. And uh, there's a new album coming out. Uh, there's a band uh, called Disc, D-I-S-Q. They're from Madison, Wisconsin. This is their sophomore effort. Um, the album is coming out October 7, if memory serves. But like usual, they released a few singles ahead of time. But uh, the song is called in accordance with Klaus Schwab, with respect to loyal serfs. Here it is. I know they're launching their uh, U.S. tour today in Indy, and they're going all over this beautiful country of ours, and they're skipping Arizona, which, I don't know, I think that's racist or something. Anyway, uh, a fine track. That is it for the show. We will be back next week, of course. Please remember to rate, rank, review, laud us with effusive praise, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Ricochet. Join the conversation.